joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue. I am excited to be here. Um, we had a um, at least half of the trip I was able to attend. The young adults are gone on a trip. Um, we went to uh, have some dinner last night. We went to a hockey game. And then there's some activities uh, later um, this, this afternoon. And, um, but I came back. I got back about midnight and uh, then uh, looked over my lesson, then got up early, looked over my lesson, and um, I'm excited to be here, but I'm tired. I don't know about you, but it's been a busy week. It's been maybe a stressful week for you, and, um, but before we get started, I, want, I need to remind you to go ahead and share our live stream. I know it's not often we say, pull out your phones and go on social media during worship, but pull out your phone, go on social media, and uh, share our live stream. That helps um, the algorithm uh, be able to say this page has something worthy of sharing and it starts popping up on more people's uh, feeds so they can see what, uh, what we're doing and they can maybe listen for just a little bit. I also, while y'all are doing that, want to brag on some of our young men and um, Maddox, Jarrett, and Grayson were here early and uh, they helped uh, some of you get out of your cars. They opened the doors. Uh, they helped push wheelchairs. They did all kinds of stuff. So um, we're thankful for them. We're going to be, again, reminding our young people, there is a sign-up sheet where if you sign up before the Sunday you're coming to help, I'll have sausage biscuits for you, um, and you can eat before you help. Uh, if you don't sign up, you can help, but you don't get food. Um, and our middle school, we talked about free food today. We were super excited about free food. Um, but that's awesome. And then another thing that I'm really excited about as we talk about how, you know, before we get into our extraordinary faith lesson on Abraham and Sarah is our last leaders program is in full swing. Um, I know we've been talking about getting to a certain number and I want you to know that we have now, when you count all the babies, 102 people going to lads to leaders this year. So, uh, if you can help us hit 110, uh, let me know. And uh, we can try to get more people to, to be able to attend and support our young people and to get involved. Uh, real quick, let me ask you a question. And maybe if I turn it on, that might help it work. Maybe not. There we go. Do you love plans? Who is a planner? Anybody is a planner? I see some hands going up. I am a half planner. If I plan things, I want to plan them good. If I don't plan them, I, I'm like all scattered brains. So I'm like the two-sided coin. I can't figure out what I want to be. But I also know that I, while I may not be by nature someone who's very detailed-oriented, I'm a more big-picture, dreamer, let's-go-do-cool-things kind of guy, I also, though, like to know plans. If we're going somewhere, I want to know where we're going. If we're going on a trip, I want to know what time we're leaving, what time we're getting back, where we're staying. I want to know all those things. And because uh, if, if I don't, and I'm just like going along with the flow, I kind of feel like I'm out of control, maybe because I am. 
and I don't know what to expect, and I'm not prepared, and that makes me nervous. Uh, anybody like that and has to know plans? I see some hands going up. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you are those types of people that said, I don't need to know anything. I can just go with the flow and pick up my bags. We'll go, and we'll figure out where we're going. Any of you people? You people are crazy. I know, Kevin, you're crazy. Uh, I, I just can't. I can't do that. But I think of Abraham and Sarah when I think of this, because as we look at, maybe to me, it's also this uncertainty. This clicker, there we go. Uncertainty is going on here. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we read about Abraham. And one of the first things we read is when it says, "By that's really small, I apologize. Um, it looked much bigger on my computer. Um, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Okay, um, I don't like that. Uh, when we, when we, and we're going to come back here real quick, but when we go to look at what this is referring to in Genesis chapter 12, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And, that, and then he, he gives them another promise. But he's saying, I want you to pack up your bags, and it's not a vacation, it's not a trip, He's moving. And now for all you people who said you're all good about just packing up your bags and going somewhere and figuring out where you're going, uh, I, I imagine if we now switch that scenario to you're going to pack up your whole house and you're going to move, quit your job, you're going to pick up, you know, unroot your entire family, and you're just going to hit the road and figure out where you're going to move to with no plans in sight. Now all of you are very nervous. Uh, to me, that's frightening. But here, that's what, what the Lord is asking Abram. He says, pack up your bags, pack up your house, quit your job, quit what you're doing, and uproot your entire family, and I'm going to bring you to a place. I'll show you when you get there, but you're not, I'm not going to tell you yet. I'd be pretty nervous. But we see that Abraham did that, and, uh, and then he goes, "What? I will make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and he who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then the next line, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him too. Now that is frightening to me. So when we go back and now fast forward back to Hebrews chapter 11, it says what? By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He didn't know where it was. He didn't know what it was. He just knew God said, pack your bags up. We're going on a trip, and we're going to move. And Abraham said, sounds good. To me, that sounds a lot like uncertainty. So Abraham had this some kind of faith in uncertainty because the path is unclear here. Uh, He says, I'm going to show you this land when we get there. And to me, again, my question is, okay, God, where? Uh, Can you tell me now? And uh, because I want to know what I'm getting into before I fully commit. But yet, while the path was still unclear, he still trusted God. In our middle school class, we were talking about, or we've been talking about discipleship. And today we talked about the cost of discipleship. And apparently costed is not a word. Uh, Emmy told me that's not a word. I'm going to make up a word and make it a word. But we talked about the cost of following discipleship. And here, the cost of following God with Abram, here is you're packing up your bags and you're going on a trip, you're moving, 
and you have to trust that God is going to deliver you and bring you to a place that's better, even if you don't know where that is. To me, again, that's absolutely frightening. But then I think of sometimes for us, sometimes our path, our life, what's ahead is unclear. It's uncertain. And God says, I just need you to trust me. You might be looking around saying, I have no idea where my life's going. And God, maybe he's leading you in a way that's uncomfortable. Maybe he's leading in a way that doesn't seem like this doesn't, this doesn't seem very stable. I mean, to me, packing up your bags with no plan of where you're moving to doesn't seem very wise unless God says, I'm going to bring you to a place. Then it becomes wisdom because God knows all things. But to have that trust and say, even if I don't know, I'm going to trust that God has a better plan. But then this promise that we go, we got, I guess we rewind back to, not only is he saying, I'm going to give you this new land, he then says, I'm going to make your name great, right? I will make out of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Okay, um, God, I don't have kids. Uh, what are you talking about? You know, Abram is uh, 60, 70 years old, and he's saying, I, this doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm not so sure about this. Again, he had this faith to, in uncertainty of how is God going to fulfill this promise? How am I going to be great? I don't even have a, you know, a real family. I have a spouse. You know, how, how am I going to be an, um, become a nation? I have no kids. I have no, no children. God was saying, I have big plans for you. And Abram said, sounds good. I'm all in. That is extraordinary, right? Extraordinary faith in times of uncertainty. And the question I have to ask and I ask you is, is your path clear? Sometimes, again, our path may not be clear. We may not know what's next, but here's what uh, Abram realized. And again, this looked bigger on my computer screen. And he realized this. He began showing his faith when he said, I may not understand. But I know God has a plan, and I will trust him. Now, that's obviously not a real quote. Uh, that, that's a summary from Abram's actions. But he's saying, I don't understand how this is going to work out. I mean, I wouldn't if I'm Abram. I don't know how all these things are going to be fulfilled. But I do know this. I know God has a plan, and I'm going to trust him. Uncertain promises. So these promises seem uncertain, and then they began to seem improbable. So now we have when uh, Abram and Sarah are getting this promise, and it seems like it's not possible to happen. Now, I didn't use the word impossible for a reason. I used improbable, very highly unlikely. So here we are in, in Hebrews 11, verse 11. It says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful to had promised. So Sarah, when she finally conceived, was 90 years old, 90, 91, depending on like when she gave birth, but 90 years old when she conceived. And if you're me and you're reading this, one of my first reactions is to say, well, hold up. Let's go to Genesis 18. Because here we are, these men, these three men who are talking to Abram and Sarah, who's in the tent, uh, at least within earshot. They're telling them, no, Ishmael, again, God's told you once, Ishmael's not the promised son. Sarah's going to give you the son. And Sarah's hearing this. And they said, where's your wife? She's in the tent. And he goes, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. 
So by this time next year, you'll have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. And now Abram and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of the woman had ceased to be with Sarah. So she was no longer able to have children. And then it says, so Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out, my Lord is old. Shall I have pleasure? Now she's saying pleasure with having finally being able to give birth, being able to have a child. But she's laughing. And then when I read in, in, in Hebrews 11 that she trusted and had faith, to me, that doesn't seem like they match up. To me, she laughed. She didn't believe. She said, that's not possible. I'm, not, I'm a 90-year-old woman. I'm not going to have a baby. That's just not. And, and Abram's 100 years old. This is, this is not happening. These people are out of their minds. The Lord is out of his mind. And, but yet, let's also sometimes, as a side note, we're really hard on Sarah. Because uh, just one chapter before, in chapter 17, Abram also laughed. In, and whenever he was told, no, Ishmael's not, your, not the promised one. You're going to have a baby, and Sarah's going to give you the baby. And he laughed and said, I'm 100, she's 90. That's, that seems absurd. When we think of promises that, uh, that seem improbable, and you possibly have the same reaction. That doesn't seem possible. That doesn't seem likely. That doesn't seem like something that could ever happen. But yet, Abram and Sarah still, at some point, put their trust in the Lord. Now let's go back to this passage here. And I like what said what happened next. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Okay, that would one freak me out because Sarah said that to herself. So there's this power here that these men had, or these angels, some believe, or you know, whoever, you know, you want to, whatever scholar you want to look at, but they knew what had happened, and then they said this next statement: Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's a wake-up call. This is impossible. We're too old. God's saying this is going to happen. It seems improbable. It seems unlikely. It might even seem, let's use the word impossible for the time being. And these men said, God's telling you this. Why are you laughing? Is anything too hard for God? And then they said, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. So again, this is going to happen. Is anything too hard for for God. To me, it seems at some point between Sarah laughing and the baby happening, according to Hebrews 11, Sarah put trust in God. And I have to wonder if it's because of this statement. Is anything too hard for God? Okay, Sarah. I know, I mean, we would laugh too. I'm 90 years old. I'm 100 years old. This doesn't seem possible. But if God's saying it, let's go back to this statement. I may not understand but I know God has a plan and I will trust him. Sarah, I don't know how this is possible. It's very unlikely. I'm 90 years old. I'm past the point of being able to have children. God's saying I'm going to have a baby. I don't get it. But he has a plan and I'm going to trust him. And we know the story. She was blessed and she was being, and at some point it seems that she said, now I'm on board. As I look at kind of what happened here, um, I can imagine the excitement that year later when they had a son. Or maybe even that excitement a few months later when she became pregnant. And the improbable became now reality. Now we have a baby. We're about to give birth to this son. 
and the promised son came, and now they're like, I still don't understand. <laughs> I know God has a plan, and, and Abraham's like, I'm 100 years old, I have a baby, and he's supposed to be my, my heir, and there's supposed to be a whole nation after him. I, again, I don't understand how this is going to work. I know God has this plan, and, but I'm going to trust him, even if my limited knowledge is confused. The last thing that we see all these lead to, the, the faith in improbability, I guess, the, the faith in uncertainty, and then we have all of that leads to this faith that leads to absolute, complete trust. Where then there was no more doubting, there was no more, I'm going to question this, this doesn't seem to make any sense. We fast forward to Hebrews again in verse 17. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. Okay, hold up. Um, that's, again, difficult. Again, very odd. And here, um, I didn't put it in my notes, but let's go to Hebrew, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 22. And I even had the next slide up there, but it is what it is. Hebrew, uh, <laughs> Genesis chapter 22. And this is when he said, in verse 1, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, said, here am I. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So again, I'm not going to tell you which one, but you're going to take your son, you're going to go sacrifice him, and just go, and I'll tell you when you get there. Again, that, that again, there's this complete trust here, because uh, it says, Abraham rose early in the morning. Now, I always wonder why early in the morning. Uh, was it because he couldn't sleep? Because he was just too excited to, to fulfill it? I don't think the second one exists in, in the, any realm of possibility. I don't know why early in the morning, but he got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey in verse 3, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, so a three-day journey, he lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And then we have the story. So Abraham and his son are going up to the mountain. They leave the men behind. And Isaac is a teenager at this point, or at least a young man even at the oldest. And he's old enough to know we have to have a sacrifice, Dad. We have the wood. Even He even asks in verse... Um, um, verse uh, 7, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? He goes, Dad, you didn't come prepared. Well, Abraham knew. What did God say? You're going to sacrifice your son. And Abraham said this, The Lord will provide. But he didn't just say the Lord will provide. He said the Lord will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. I have a few questions. I'm sure you have a few questions. When I read that, I'm kind of curious. Did he know or trust that God would stop him and provide the ram that was caught in the thicket? Did he suspect it? Is that why he was so excited? Because he knew it was just a test? Uh, I, don't, I, don't th I don't know. Did, did he think that if he went through with this, God would provide another son that would fulfill his promise? Did he... What did he know? What did he, what did he mean by God will provide the lamb? And I often just kind of struggle with that. And then we're reminded of Hebrews chapter 11, just a few verses after uh, what we read. 
And again, it's not on my slide, so give me just a moment. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 19. It said this, He being Abraham, considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So he's saying, at least the Hebrew author gives us some insight to Abraham's state of mind. He says, if God makes me go through with this, he's just going to bring him back. Now that's complete trust. There's this improbability, this uncertainty, all these things that they were struggling with in their faith, but still saying what? I may not understand, but I know God has a plan and I will trust him. In this moment, God said, go sacrifice your son. And Abraham said, I know you have a plan and I don't really believe Isaac's really going to stay dead or even be dead, so I'm going to go. If, you, if, if, if I was told by some you know, person or maybe even you know, hearing that message, if I'm in Abraham's shoes and he says, hey, take Cason, take uh, I might say, thanks, no thanks. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's unbelievably hard to imagine. The type of faith that Abraham had in this moment but he had complete faith that God would fulfill his promise. And God's promise was, Isaac's your blessing. Isaac is your promise. So he, at some, so the answer to these questions, what did Abraham know? I think he knew that in the end, Isaac would be okay. Now, how he, now how he was able to get to that conclusion, uh, we can only strive to have that kind of faith. And here are just maybe a few pointers of how we can have faith when facing uncertainty, when facing the improbable, and maybe the promises God's blessed us with, and how we can completely trust in Him like Abraham. The first one is to count your blessings. And this is just the simplest thing. Count your blessings. Abraham was, look, if, you, if I'm Abraham and I'm thinking about all the things God has done, I'm saying, look at all the things God's blessed me with and held to His Word. When we think back to all of Scripture, the whole of man, and think, what has God promised? What has He said would happen? Everything He promised happened. Everything He said would happen, happened, unless God said, mm, I'll wait. Uh, he said, hey, you're going to be destroyed. And then it was, mm, you're still going to be destroyed, but I'll wait. And uh, there's all these promises that God fulfilled. I will bless you. I will do this. And then this, that was just a quick, I guess, baby step is step one. But this next one is to remember God's faithfulness to us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. In verse 23, the Hebrews author says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Sometimes we don't remember or think of it in a way that God is faithful to us. I also think of 1 John Chapter 1, verse 9, when it says, When we confess our sins, He is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins. God is always there to keeping His promises. Now, we always think of it as He keeps His promises. But when we use a word like faithful, it seems to take it to a whole new level. And God is faithful to us in that, Here's my covenant, and I will keep my end of the covenant. Here's the promise, here's the contract, being a covenant that I've made with you. I will never break it. It's really up to us if we keep that covenant with Him. But then the third one here is to remember God sees the big picture. 
this is what's amazing is when we go back to, I may not understand, but I know God has a plan and I'm going to trust him. Uh, God had a plan from the very beginning. From the fall, God started his plan. And now here we have Abraham. He says, I'm going to bless you and make your name great. And you're going you're gonna to become a great nation. How is that possible? We had Isaac. And then, of course, the Isaac, yeah, I guess, you know, sacrifice test. Uh, but once we got past that, we later had, because of that fulfillment and promise of, of Isaac, that later led to eventually the birth of 12 sons, one of being sold into slavery, being abused by his own brothers, eventually finding his way to Egypt, becoming second in command, which then was able to save, what, all the famine that happened. They had those seven good years, the seven bad years. So then the wisdom that this man named Jacob had was to be able to say, let's store up food for them and prepare for those seven years. Then they were the only people around that had food. So what did they have? They had the ability to save those around the area. What happened then? Well, his brothers and his family came. He saved them from dying of starvation and this famine. They moved to Egypt. Then they became, what, the 12 sons were the 12 tribes of Israel, which then later led to a man named David being born, who was a king. And then from David was eventually Jesus. So this plan was enacted from the very, very beginning, but Abraham had no idea. I will make your name great. I will make you a great nation, the Israelites, but not just that kind of nation, but also God's people nation. I will make your name great. Because of you will come someone great, not being Jacob, not being David even, but Jesus. So God, again, has this big picture, and sometimes we don't see it. When we have these uncertainties, these, this improbable promise, or God says, I have this in plan for you. You're being guided. You know, Scripture helps you, or maybe you're moved to say, man, God's calling me to do this. But it seems uncertain. It seems unstable. Maybe it even seems improbable. God says, just trust me. I have a plan. And that really leads down to, we have to trust Him with all our heart. Referring back to the Proverbs. The wisest man to ever live, Solomon, who also came from that same lineage because of David, said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Here's really the truth of the matter. I may not understand, but I do know that God has a plan and I will trust him. Next time you face a situation, this is what I want you to remember. Next time you wonder, how could they have such great faith? Well, they probably also didn't understand. They also probably had no idea what the big picture was. But God does, because it's God's plan. It's God's story. We're just little supporting casts in it. So trust Him with your problems. If you have things you're struggling with, trust Him. And say, I may not understand what I'm going through, or why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I know God does have a plan. Or maybe you haven't fully committed your life to Christ just yet. I may not understand why God loves me so much, but I do know he sent his son to die for me. And I do know that I can become a child of him by being buried in the waters of baptism to give him my entire life. And still may not understand, but fully trust him. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. 
thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook. Instagram. And Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember to love like Jesus.